Hey there, movie fans. Scott Movie Mance here, and we are back, officially, officially back with a brand new season three of Collider Videos for your consideration. The most fun award season show you will find anywhere in the universe. The beauty of it, between now and the Academy Awards on April 25th, we are going to be back with brand new episodes of Collider FYC each and every week and what would collider fyc without the two very best co-hosts in the universe she is perinormal activity and as of last year she became perisite she is the amazing perry nemerov hey perry perisite Something about that sounds wrong, but right at the same time. So I'll take it. <laughs> well, you're always going to be Perry normal activity to me. And also joining us, the ultimate contrarian. But listen to what he has to say, because he is the smartest guy in the room. He is the mighty Jeff Snyder. Jeff, what's going on? Great to be here, Scott. If I was a Best Picture winner, I think I'd be American Snooty. <laughs> that fits you perfectly. Well, we're very, very excited to be back with uh, brand new episodes week after week of Collider FYC. So this episode to officially, officially start things because, you know, everything was pushed back. So we are not late at all. We are early. And, well, you know, we're going to just uh, dive right into it by covering the acting categories. But before we get to our choices on the acting categories, we're going to uh, dissect and analyze the SAG Award nominations, which just recently happened. Let's start with cast in a motion picture. The nominees are The Five Bloods, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Minari, One Night in Miami, Trial of the Chicago Seven. Harry, what do you think of these nominations? Anything that you think should have been nominated but wasn't? I'm just mighty relieved that The Five Bloods was nominated because what's going on with Delroy Lindo? That's not fair. Uh, That's ridiculous. I I honestly thought that because uh, those snubs seemed consistent for him that the ensemble might have been the problem as well, and I'm just glad to see it get some sort of recognition. I really think that these were the five movies to go with. I think all five of these films are deserving of their spots. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty tight race, but there was nothing really that, that, that I felt got snubbed. I mean, I, Nomadland is very good, and I really liked the unprofessional uh, actors, or sorry, not unprofessional, the non-professional actors in that movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think that SAG did a good job here. Yeah, I think Scythe did a good job, too. I, I never really thought of Nomadland as an ensemble. I mean, of course, Frances McDormand got nominated. Uh, and in terms of Promising Young Woman, I mean, it's certainly more of an ensemble, but it doesn't approach like the level of Chicago 7, White Night in Miami. All these other films are truly ensemble films. So I think they got I think they got this one right. Let's move on to Best Actress. Uh, the nominees are Amy Adams for Hillbilly Elegy, Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand for Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. What's your take on Best Actress at the Sags, Jeff? I mean, Amy Adams is obviously the big surprise here, uh, but you know what? I thought she was good. I was higher on Hillbilly Elegy than most. I'm not prepared to call it a good movie, but I also <laughs> didn't think it was this horrible piece of trash that a lot of the critics made it out to be. 
I thought Amy Adams and Glenn Close did do a really good job. Uh, this nomination was still surprising, given how competitive I think Best Actress is this year. But Amy Adams is obviously someone who is loved by her peers, has a, you know, a ton of Oscar nominations as well. Uh, I, I can see it, but I, I don't think that she has a real chance. I think this is between Frances McDormand and Carrie Mulligan, to be honest. Well, I got to tell you, I did not love Hillbilly Elegy uh, nearly as much as you did. I wouldn't call it trash, but I <laughs> had a hard time getting through this movie when I watched it on Netflix. Perry, what's your take on lead actress? Yeah, I'm with you guys on this. I think that the other four are pretty much as close to locks for Academy Award nominations as you can get. I think they're going to go all the way. It's it's that fifth spot that's the big question mark. And, you know, I didn't like Hillbilly Elegy either. I didn't hate it, <laughs> but I didn't think it was that great. And I think I said this the last time we spoke. The thing is, I think Amy Adams and Glenn Close, they deliver well enough for what they have to do in that movie. But it's not one of those situations where... The movie overall isn't on their level, but they still shine through. I think the rest of the movie dragged them down a little bit, and that's why they've been lower on my list going into predictions. Uh, I Listen, I completely agree with that assessment that the film dragged them down. The problem is, I mean, of course, I love Amy Adams. I thought that one of her very best roles as far as Academy Awards go was a, was a role that she wasn't even nominated for. Talk about a snub. Uh, Arrival was just fantastic. But watching Amy Adams in this movie, and for that matter, watching Going Close, I felt like I was watching them act. It's one thing to just get lost in a performance and feel like you were watching a fully realized character. But when you feel like you were watching an actor just act, and it takes you out of the film, a film that's not even good to begin with, then that's a problem. And that's a problem that I had with Hillbilly Elegy. They're definitely big performances. <laughs> very, very big. I, I don't know if I would call them snubs, but Andrew Day in the United States versus Billy Holiday was fantastic. I feel like a lot of people are pointing to Sophia Loren for The Life Ahead here as a snub. Jeff, you're shaking your head. Why? I never understood that buzz. Who's watching this movie? I, I couldn't even tell you what the name of it is. Wow, Perry's shaking her head, too. Yeah, I think that's one of those things where, you know how we participate in Gold Derby and you see things change drastically from the very beginning of the season simply based on the packaging of a movie? I think that was that kind of situation where people just made certain assumptions about it and it has completely fallen out of competition. Okay, well, what about Zendaya? Do you think that she was snubbed here or was she, you know, good performance but not sag-worthy? I don't think you can call anything a snub when it wasn't, all that likely to begin with. I mean, we're talking, right now we're talking about the folks who are on the bubble. And I think Andrew Day is on the bubble. Zendaya is on the bubble. I'll tell you who's on the bubble. Oh, you, she, I know what you're going to say. And, and, and Perry, she is going to be even more on the bubble when this movie drops okay. on Netflix on February 19th. Like this. That movie is I Care A Lot. And that performance is Rosamund Pike. Holy Toledo, this movie is so great. It was uh, it was at the Toronto Film Festival and it sold to Netflix for like, you know, I think 20 million or something like that. But I feel like once people start to see it and a lot of people will start seeing it on February 19th, I feel like the film and specifically Rosamund Pike is going to get a lot more attention. And I will go so far as to say, well, I'm not going to say it yet because we're going to get to what I'm going to say soon. 
but uh, yeah, I Zendaya, I thought the movie was fine. I thought it was a good experiment. Malcolm and Marie, uh, I think it's great that they made it during the pandemic and all that stuff. But I think that the movie is a good experiment. It's not like, a, I wouldn't call it a fully realized film, although it did remind me of uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and stuff like that. All right, let's move on to Best Actor at the Psych Awards. Riz Ahmed for Santa Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, Stephen Yoon, Minari, big showing at the SAG Awards for Minari. Perry, what's your take on uh, Best Actor? I mean, I have no problem being a broken record right now. There's no Delroy Lindo. That's the biggest <sighs> snub to me. But when I look at, eh, I was about to say, when I look at the list of uh, these five individuals, I would put all of them in the category, but that's not true. I am uh, I'm a little soft on Mank, and I don't necessarily think that Gary Oldman delivered a bad performance, but I think this season he is being completely outshone by the four individuals who he's vying against for the win here, but also Delroy Lindo. And if I want to throw in another name, Tahar Rahim should be in here as well. So I can't say I'm all that psyched about the Gary Oldman nomination, but, you know, it, it was kind of predictable. Well, you know, I, I, of course, I completely agree with you about Delroy Lindo, and I'm glad you brought up Tahar Rahim for the Mauritanian, uh, which is in theaters now and is going to drop on demand, like, just within a couple weeks. So I think it's going to be great that more people will see it while uh, voting is starting to really start sort of gear up. Uh, one actor that I really think should be nominated here, and I'm not sure if it's a lead or a supporting, is Kingsley Ben-Adir for One Night in Miami. Now, I know he's already nominated for uh, Best Acting Ensemble, but of those four performances, all of which are really, really great, and it is hard to pick a favorite, I felt like Kingsley Ben-Adir's performance as Malcolm X was just fantastic. I thought that that he was he was a revelation. Like I wasn't really familiar with his actors, uh, this actor's work until I saw this film, and his performance was the one that really really stood out. Jeff, what is your take on Best Actor, and what do you think about Kingsley Benadire from One Night in Miami? Does it deserve to be in there? No, not 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 to me. I, I really <laughs> thought uh, Eli Gore and. Uh, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. were the standouts for me in in, in that film. I, I loved what they did with Muhammad Ali and Sam Cooke. Um, so Kingsley was not my favorite. Uh, I was relieved, yet a little surprised, to see Stephen Yen included, just because it's a very kind of quiet, restrained performance. It's not the type of work that they usually go for. Uh, you know, the, the, the mank over Delroy Lindo thing, it may just be a matter of Netflix putting its campaign resources behind mank and, and that they've really gotten behind that film more than to five bloods, but then there's a supporting actress snub that we'll, we'll talk about. So, you know, I don't know if that completely adds up. The other thing to keep in mind about SAG though, is that not all of SAG votes for the nominees. It's the SAG nomcom, right? right it's only right. about 2000 or so people. Is that right, Scott? Yeah, that's about right. Yep. SAG yeah, 2000 or so right. people who, who determine the nominees and then SAG at large votes on them. So, uh, you know, if you know who's on the nomcom, you can sort of target these things. I don't know. It's just something to keep in mind. Well, here's something else to keep in mind. And I was thinking about this a lot, and I couldn't wait to ask you both this on our first official, a really super official episode of season three. By the way, how great is that? FYC season three. I just had to throw that out there. So, so with the strong showing of Minari, at the SAG Awards, three nominations. Is it possible that 
there's a lot more momentum behind Minari leading up to the Academy Awards. My question is, can Minari really be a strong contender to win Best Picture? Can it be this year's Parasite? Parasite, what do you think of that? <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing that happen. <laughs> I do think it's going to get a Best Picture nomination. I feel like it's a little too early to say whether or not it could go all the way. And it does feel like a couple of the other ones that are likely contenders have more weight to swing around right now. But I think that the SAG nominations definitely bode well for it. And the the other thing I'm thinking about is if even more um, individual cast members from Minari could sneak into some of these categories. Wow. Well, Jeff, what's your take on Minari being- Has Minari even been released yet? Uh, it's 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 released on in theaters, you know, whatever theaters are open on February twelfth. But then it okay, drops so, on on demand. It drops on demand on February twenty sixth. Okay, so so it comes out tomorrow, essentially, unless this episode is actually posting on on Friday. I'm not even sure. But <laughs> I think the point is, is that Minari has not even enjoyed the benefit of a theatrical release yet, or or you know, it hasn't been able. You can't watch it on VOD yet. So. We, I don't think it's peaked. I think you're right that there could be a Minari surge still to come. I really liked Minari. I don't know that I would call it a best picture winner. It felt a little a little slight for me uh, on that front. But at the same time, I think Lee Isaac Chung did a great job. I'd love to see him get into the director race. Uh, I, I think you're right that, that we have not seen the last of Minari this season. We are going to do supporting actress right now. Maria Bakalova from Borat 2. Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy, okay. Olivia Coleman, the father. Yu Young Jung from Minari. Helena Zengel for News of the World. I think overall, between the SAG Awards and just looking ahead to the other, other award shows, I feel like supporting actress, and I feel like, Jeff, you said this the last time we talked about this, supporting actress is kind of weak this year. I think it is weak. I, I, to me, um, Yu Jung Yoon from Minari absolutely deserves this award. I, I, I mean, she was my my favorite. I still think Olivia Coleman is probably the favorite here, uh, even though nobody's seen The Father. But part of me does think that Maria Bakalova stands a chance and, and that she did do something that was just kind of really special uh, to be thrown into such a high-pressure situation on that sequel um, and, and to do what she did, I think she's like a breath of, of fresh hair in, in the, the comedy world and that in that space. And I think it's between the three of them. Uh, Perry, what's I your take? You, I don't think you can say that people haven't seen The Father. I mean, just <laughs> just like Minari, that was a Sundance debut. There's been a lot of talk over a long period of time, and maybe it isn't as accessible as, let's say, a Netflix release right now. But I do feel like when voting bodies are concerned, they've been aware of that one for a while now. Okay, well, I, I got to say that, you know, going close being nominated again, uh, just going back to the Amy Adams argument in uh, Lead Actress, uh, I, I, I love, of course, you know, Jeff, you know that I love going close. I bet on her a couple years ago yeah. for the wife. Um, but I just felt like she laid it on a little too thick this time. I would much rather have seen Ellen Burstyn nominated for Pieces of a Woman. There was a performance in a very, very powerful uh, and very difficult film to watch, but it's still an amazing, amazing movie. Any other snubs here, Perry? Do you think that Amanda Seyfried was snubbed for Mank? 
Yeah, I I would call that a snub just because she seemed likely to get nominations across the board. But, you know, again, I'm I'm not as high on Mank as I am on other films, but I will say that she was my favorite part of Mank. I think any emotional connection I had to the material in that movie was largely through her character. So I do think her work is deserving of it, but it does seem like... I don't know. And it's hard to say this because maybe I'm just thinking about uh, the Critics' Choice nominations and how many Mank snatched up there. But part of me wants to think that maybe Mank is losing steam. Like it's a little bit of an Irishman effect where as we continue on, maybe it will rack up a whole bunch of Academy Award nominations. But I have a feeling it's not going to win very many. Uh, I agree. I feel like Oh, go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> I was going to say zero because that's what I said when it first came out. But it's possible that 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 Mank could still win a couple Oscars here and there. I think if it wins, it's going to win in uh, the score category. You know, well, absolutely, yeah. The score was great, but I feel like with Mank, I I agree with both of you. I'm completely on the same page with both of you about my feelings for Mank. It just didn't do it for me. And and again, between my my uh, love for Fincher, I mean, and definitely my love for Citizen Kane. I mean, you could write the word Citizen Kane on a post-it note and I would pay you $5 for it. Not that I'm going to, but the movie just fell so short for me. It's a movie that I, I guess I admired it more than I actually liked it. But the uh, last category on the SAGs before we move on to our predictions for, for, the, for the acting categories, supporting actor Sasha Baron Cohen, Trial of the Chicago 7, Chadwick Boseman, The Five Bloods, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, Jared Leto for The Little Things, and Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Perry, what do you think of these nominations? Any snubs, surprises? I am incredibly frustrated with the little things, getting Jared Leto a nomination at SAG and Golden Globes. I just think that is absurd. I can't make any sense of it. Usually, you know, I like to stay very open-minded and understand why someone else might like a movie that I don't like. I just found the little things kind of pointless, incredibly, like, long the pacing was terrible and I don't really think that Jared Leto was all that good in the movie I don't think he necessarily did anything bad but when you're talking about an Academy Award winner that performance pales in comparison to most of the other things I've seen him do and the bigger problem here is there are a couple of individuals that are so much more deserving of that honor and You know, it's not like Jared Leto targeted people and, you know, specifically bumped them out himself. But Jared Leto essentially took, you know, Paul Racy's spot or Stanley Tucci's spot. And that's what I find very frustrating. I I, I agree with that. Uh, I was surprised, first of all, when he got nominated for a Golden Globe. Even more surprised when we're talking about Jared Leto uh, nominated for a a SAG award. Uh, the, The movie itself, The Little Things... You have three Academy Award winners in this film, and yet the movie felt, for lack of a better term, it felt little. It just didn't add up to much. There was nothing to it. It was slow. The one thing I really liked about the movie was the ending. I thought, like, it had a somewhat satisfying payoff, but getting there just wasn't a very rewarding experience. So uh, I'm with you on that one. Uh, What about you, Jeff? I know you're big on uh, Sound of Metal. 
Yes, I, I mean, I do think it's a shame that, that Paul Racy was not nominated, although maybe part of me just feels like, do the members of SAG, do they just not really think of him as an actor? And that he was this non-actor who's sort of just playing himself, you know, because it's such a naturalistic performance. I just, to, to me, if you have someone like Tommy Lee Jones, who's an amazing Oscar-winning actor, mm. and you put him in that role, he's going to do a great job. But he's not going to be as authentic as Paul Racy was. So uh, I, I was bummed about that snub, first and foremost. I do feel bad for Jared Leto, because I thought Jared Leto was good in, in The Little Things. Uh, it's not his fault that, you know, that... that People voted him for this nomination. Um, I think that they, they, Jared Leto is a serial killer. He's wearing some kind of facial prosthetic. He looks like crap. Like that's the kind of thing that they go for. So I, I, I do kind of understand it, uh, even though you're right, the movie wasn't great. Well, I, listen, I, I think Jared Leto was a phenomenal actor. I mean, you know, going back to uh, Requiem for a Dream. I mean, he's, he's. I, I just think he is absolutely superb. But. Let's move on to our predictions. So we weighed in on our our uh, uh, reactions from the SAG Awards, and we talked on Perry's channel about the Golden Globe nominees. So now we're going to predict all the acting categories, all four acting categories, with the uh, uh, the the, uh, um, the the Oscars in mind. With the disclaimer that we will revisit these nominations as we get closer, because. You know, that's the whole purpose of FYC here is to look at who's up, who's down, who's in and who's out as we get closer to the Oscars. But for our first official episode of this third season, let's take a look at Best Actress and let's let's pick the the absolute sure things that we got here. Perry, give me a couple. Viola Davis, mm -hmm. Vanessa Kirby, Frances McDormand, yep. and Terry Mulligan. Okay, I completely agree. What about that fifth slot? Who gets the fifth slot? Perry. Right now, I'm going with Andra Day. I didn't love the United States versus Billie Holiday. There's a couple of uh, script and visual decisions that I don't think serve the story very well, but that's an example of a performance that elevates every single thing around her. And she is just so undeniably captivating in that role. It doesn't matter if it's a more charming beat of the story or a more tragic. She just completely sucks you in and holds your attention no matter what's going on. And oh my, the music in it is phenomenal. She's doing everything and she is exceptional at it all. I think she is the most likely right now to snag that fifth spot. I, I agree. I think the movie is good, but I think she is great. And, you know, this is uh, a, 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 her first lead role in a film, and she crushed it. I mean, she really, really crushed it, not just obviously because she could sing, but because it's just a great performance. But not quite sure if it's going to be my fifth slot. Jeff, what's your fifth slot? Right now, because I have not seen the U.S. versus Billie Holiday, I'm going to project Zendaya for Malcolm and Marie. Mm -hmm. uh, I just think it's going to be a movie that a lot of people will have seen, a lot of older uh, Oscar, you know, Academy voters. I think the Netflix sheen is a little bit better than the Hulu sheen. Um, and I just don't know how if the older Oscar voters know who Andrew Day is. Like, she hasn't necessarily established herself as an actress yet. Uh, whereas Zendaya is coming off, what was it, a big Emmy win for, for Euphoria. I just, I, I think that she could sneak in there, especially with the recency bias that, that votes uh, these shows tend to have. You know, uh, between the two of them, between Zendaya and between Andrew Day, uh, 
I'm leaning towards Andra Day. Like, actually, not just leaning. I, I'm unquestionably picking her over Zendaya. If I was going to put my own choice for a fifth slot in there, I'm going to go back to my choice that I was talking about when talking about the SAG lead actress category. That is Rosamund Pike. She is so phenomenal. This is definitely one of the best roles she has ever done. It's It's got some some interesting sort of similarities in terms of, of just the uh, liberated glee of playing someone bad like she did for her Oscar-nominated performance in Gone Girl. And she's done such great work lately, like in the film Radioactive and in A Private War. And she just was so amazing uh, as Marla Grayson in uh, I Care A Lot. For everybody watching, Trust me, when you watch I Care A Lot starting February 19th on Netflix, you're going to be like, yes, that's an Oscar-worthy performance. The other dark horse that I have here, okay, and this is not a name that has come up anywhere. It is not a name that no one has said, and it is absolutely an Oscar-worthy performance, is, are you ready? Are you ready? It is. Are you ready, Perry and Jeff? It is. Please. Elizabeth Moss for the invisible man what do you think i mean she was amazing in that that was I think she was great i haven't even seen a campaign though for her I, all i've seen is elizabeth moss for shirley you know so like where is the invisible man campaign oh if i were to pick which one she would get nominated for her performance in shirley is next level stuff she is fantastic in the invisible man also but shirley's a different kind of heavy lifting well, I, I agree. I'm sure he's great. She's great in it. But like, I, I mean, the Invisible Man was such a it was so great. First of all, that came out a year ago. You know, it was one of the last movies I think we all saw in theaters. But it was so great. I mean, she just was a, it was a fully immersive physical and emotional performance. She absolutely crushed it. You know, the movie was like a brilliant. I mean, I'm going to use the B word. It was brilliant. And if Universal is not doing a campaign, I say that we do a campaign for her on Collider FIC because she freaking deserves it. I still think that between Elizabeth Moss and Rosamund Pike, both of them are absolutely deserving, but for the sake of narrowing down our picks, I'm going to go with Andra Day for Best Actress. So that means our five are Viola, Vanessa, Francis, Carrie, and Andra Day for, and that's just this time. When we come back to it, it might change. Let's move on to- Wait, wait, what? man, we're not done. What, what? Wait, Perry, who was your dark horse? Uh, my dark horse was Elizabeth Moss for either Shirley or the Invisible okay. Man. So I cheated a little there. Okay. Interesting. All right, Jeff. Uh, my dark horse is a movie I haven't seen and that has dropped off the radar of award season. But you never know with this actress, considering what she won her Oscar for, and that's Kate Winslet in Ammonite. Mm. Not not no. happening. No, not happening. I don't think that's happening. I feel like um, Ammonite already already got the first wave of award season through the festival circuit, and I don't think there was enough buzz. I think the movie the movie's pretty good, and I think her and Saoirse Ronan are very good in it. They're always good in everything, but okay. I, I actually think, and I don't mean to compare two movies just because they feature queer relationships, but I do think the fact that Portrait of a Lady on Fire is incredibly 
immersive and probably one of the most moving relationship movies I've seen in years. And then this one, while it was also moving, it felt a little colder and didn't quite suck me in as much. And I think because one's coming out right after the other, it's going to hurt its chances. I, I felt no pressure to watch Ammonite because of that. Uh, but I do think that Kate got some good reviews and it's neon. Look what they did last year, you know, with, with Parasite. So I'm just, I thought that was a decent dark horse choice, but we can move along. I would not rule that out uh, because you're right. It is neon and the movie. She won for the reader. Right, she went for the reader, exactly. But I, I feel like not enough people are talking about it. It's certainly You're almost certainly right, but that is the point of the Dark Horse. Right, but you know, that's the point of the Dark Horse. Good point, good point, Jeff. But I I did feel when I was watching Ammonite back in, because that was also a Toronto movie, uh, like I kept thinking about Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I think is a better well, film. Uh, also a neon movie. All right. So, but I'm still, that's our lock for the five for now for lead actress. Fair enough. Let's move on to best actor. Give me your sure things, Jeff. Chadwick Boseman, Riz Ahmed, and Anthony Hopkins. Okay, so you only have three. As sure things, yeah. All right, Perry, what about you? I mean, Jeff's list is tempting me to move my sure things from two to three, but my two would be Chadwick Boseman and Anthony Hopkins. And then I'm just a little nervous about Sound of Metal, but I'll agree to put Riz Ahmed in that category, given the fact that he got both the Golden Globe nomination and the SAG nomination as well. All right, those are those are definitely my three, and they are actually my top three. So the question is number four, Perry, do we see Delroy Lindo get an Academy Award nomination? If I'm going through my list, no. Right now, my order is Chadwick at number one, Anthony Hopkins number two, Riz is number three. And again, this is not what I want to happen. This is what I'm predicting is going to happen. Riz is number three. I have Stephen Young at number four. Then I have Gary Oldman sneaking in there at number five, essentially bumping Delroy Lindo out of the conversation. I... There, there's a small part of me that's hoping that his snubs in the first two big announcements of the season is going to create a little more momentum and hopefully push him into the category. But I, I just don't like what I'm seeing across the board as far as whether or not the five bloods overall is being well received from voting bodies. It's it's making me nervous and, and kind of upset. Uh, first of all, the five bloods dropped in, uh, what was it? May, June. May or, you know, it was June. early. And just like, <laughs> just like we say with the movies that drop in theaters or open in theaters, you know, if it, if it goes back that far, people usually forget about it, even though it's right there at their fingertips on Netflix. Um, I, I still think Delroy Lindo makes it. I, I think, uh, I mean, I think he makes it uh, Jeff. What do you think? I've got Delroy Lindo in my four slot, and I think this was the best thing that could have happened to him. Yeah. Uh, this uproar over not getting a Globe nomination or SAG nomination. It's just like free press. It's just every outlet in their snubs and surprises or whatever articles being like, well, where's Delroy Lindo? And that sort of trains voters sort of how to think. Um, I think they're going to end up revisiting that, that movie or that performance. And I think he will ultimately get in over Oldman or Steven Young. I, I just think whenever it's a big performance like Delroy Lindo versus a small performance like Steven Young, they're going to go with the big one 99 times out of 100. 
I do. Well, I hope you wind up being right, but I don't want to point fingers this early. But if that doesn't wind up being the case, and the Netflix um, awards publicity team doesn't capitalize on this, that would be a major swing and miss for them because we've been talking about him being a sure thing for this nomination for a very long time. And as far as casual chatter goes, that never died out at all. I feel like it's an issue with Netflix having so many things and not spreading the love around as it should have been. Uh, I agree. I think there's something to be said about having too much, whereas Hulu and Amazon, they have like maybe three or four movies that they're really like really focusing on. So the question is, for four and five, are we thinking that Delroy Lindo has a better chance or that Gary Oldman has a better chance here? I went Delroy Oldman. All right, so I went I, four and five with Stephen Yen getting the snub. All right, I went I went uh, Delroy and and Oldman, and then uh, I didn't even have a number five. Perry, what's your what's your take? Like, does Gary Oldman have the better chance, uh, Delroy or Stephen Yen? Well, Stephen Yen is my number four. I do think that the Minari momentum is going to pick up and it's going to get him that nomination. And then Oldman was my five. And then my dark horse, or rather my six, would be Delroy Lindo. We we cannot snub Delroy Lindo. We can't. You, he has two of the votes. I mean, me and you have yeah, him on the list. Yes. Don't have okay, to. Right. And, and, and we also in. have Oldman. So I think right. it's Stephen, unfortunately. So, so I'm saying, so what I think, okay, this is controversial, folks, because... If we put Delroy in and, and he's in, because uh, Jeff is right, we, we both had him in, um, does Stephen Young make it in over Gary Oldman? <laughs> I think he should. I think he should, and he will. I'm just going to repeat what I said before. I think Minari is going to game Steen, Steam, and Mank is going to lose. Can, can I ask, are we yes. just counting Tom Hanks out of this entirely? Uh, I don't uh, look, you know what? Tom Hanks could be a dark horse here. I mean, I know he was nominated for a Critics' Choice Award, but I don't think that he's been enough part of the conversation. I also don't think enough people have seen the movie. I mean, it was in theaters, yeah. It's on demand, yeah. But not enough people are talking about it. Critics' Choice did nominate him and the movie, but Critics' Choice has eight people, I think, in lead actor. So, come on. But, all right. So, so guys, this is our five. And I, I and I'm and I agree with everything you both have said about Gary Oldman in Mank. I think he's good in the film. I don't think he's like oh my god, great like he was in Darkest Hour. Great. So we got Riz Ahmed, we have Chadwick Boseman, Anthony Hopkins, Delroy Lindo, Stephen Young. Those are our five for lead actor. Okay. Fine. Yeah. All right, that's it. That's kind of what I hope it winds up being. Yeah, me too, me too. All right, moving on. In the official Collider FYC acting predictions, we are up to supporting actress. All right, uh, let's see. This time, going back to Perry for your, your locks. What are your locks? My only lock in this category is Olivia Coleman. Really? Yeah. Your only lock? Mine as well, Scott. I had one. You had one lock? Are you kidding me? Shoot. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> Just because on any given day, I think any of these actresses could be snubbed. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I okay, he, these were my locks. Uh, Maria Bakalova, Ellen Burstyn, Olivia Coleman. Those were my three locks. You think Ellen Burstyn's a lock without yeah, a set? I do, I do. Ellen Burstyn, I, 
She's a legend. She's crushing it. I think she's 80. And so she's, so is Sophia Loren. I, no, I mean, Ellen Burstyn may do, 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 just, ah, ah no. You've got to get to the second half of that movie to see her big scene, which I think could be a challenge for a lot of voters. Well, I, I don't know. I she she is my luck, but again, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a, this is a conversation. I could change my mind. All right, so then, like, okay, what's to say that Olivia Coleman is our only luck? Perry, who do, who goes next? Well, I'll just say that Ellen. If you had asked me this before the Golden Globe and SAG nominations happened. I would have had Ellen Burstyn as a lock. I'm very surprised that she's not being considered in any of the other ceremonies right now. But behind Olivia Coleman, right now I have my number two slot going to Maria Bakalova. I do think that's another one where it's going to continue building momentum. I have Amanda Seyfried at number three. So I think she's going to hang on. Right. And then I have Helena Zengel at four. And then I have Yoon Yoo Jung, the uh, wonderful... Young. Yeah. who played uh, the grandmother in Minari, who is phenomenal. And then should I say my dark horse? I'm very yes. excited about my dark horse. Yes. I yeah. really want to see Dominique Fishback get a nomination. I think she's excellent in that movie, and she deserves it. All right. Jeff, round out this category for me. What else do you got? I mean, I, I went Olivia 1. Uh, I put the Minari grandma 2. Uh, Maria Bakalova 3. Glenn Close 4. And, and Amanda Seyfried, five. So I did think that Glenn Close gets in over Ellen Burstyn just because, you know, she's under the makeup and the hair and the glasses. It's just something that it seems like voters won't be able to resist. So I had Ellen Burstyn at my six. So she's on the outside looking in. And Dominique was my dark horse. I don't want it to seem like I'm really hating on Hillbilly Elegy. Again, I didn't like the, I didn't like the movie. But I also don't think, like you guys said, that it's like a big steaming pile of garbage or anything. The problem here is when there are other individuals that I think are so much more deserving. And I think Glenn Close is getting the nomination because of the Oscar packaging of that movie and because she's Glenn Close. She shouldn't she shouldn't listen, be in here. Listen, I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to uh, to to crap all over Hillbilly Elegy. I did not. In fact, <laughs> Helena Zengel from News of the World has a better chance. I don't understand that at all. She just sat there and rode a horse. Come on. <laughs> you're not you're not entirely wrong in that statement, but I do think I mean it's a it's a similar thing that we were bringing up earlier about Minari. It's it's just a more understated performance. I just think she's challenged to convey much more just not through dialogue. My dark horse here is Jodie Foster for The Mauritanian. I thought that she was great. She doesn't make a whole lot of movies these days. She's very 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 picky. And I thought that she was great in the film. Um, and the Academy does love her. I mean, she does have two Academy Awards. And it has been a while since we've seen her on a, you know, big screen, small screen, what have you. So uh, so that's my dark horse. But I think, what's what do you say we go with Maria Bakalova, Olivia Coleman, okay, Amanda Seyfried, Yu Young Jung from Minari. So that's four. I am perfectly happy. Seeing Helena Zengel be that number five There's slot. no way. There's no way a 12-year-old girl's getting in over Ellen Burstyn and Glenn Close. You know, don't rule out the Academy for picking kids, young actors, to get nominated for for performances that are almost leads, but they none of the but no child performance has ever been like this one where she barely has any lines. I'm still bitter over Nobody's the Jacob. A precocious kid. Which one? 
The Jacob Tremblay snub. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Jacob Tremblay. Oh, yeah. I think, it's, I think we got to vote between Close and Burston here. I think that's what it is. Well, then I'll just pick what I want, and I'll go for Burston. All right. Burston it is. <laughs> that's it. Those are the five. Maria Bakalova, Olivia Coleman, Amanda Seyfried, Yu Young Jung, and Ellen Burston. You're welcome. <laughs> Let's move on to our last category here, which is supporting actor. Uh, Perry, what's your... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Now it's Jeff's turn. Jeff, who are your locks? My locks. Locks. I think, I think my only... Oh, man, this is tough. I think it may just be Leslie Odom Jr. How are you not locking Daniel Kaluuya? <laughs> yes, Jeff. How are you love, I just didn't love that movie, and I think the weird yeah. things could happen. Uh, I, people may see it as more of a lead. I don't know. I mean, how am I not locking Chadwick Boseman? You know, well, Defied Bloods seems to have, you know, kind of been blanked, you know, with Delroy Lindo lately, so I don't know. Well, I do, I do think that's a fair thing you just pointed out. They're because... in my top three, Perry. All They're right, all right. But like, I just don't Did know if I call them you're right now. Just he, fe he feels like a sure thing to me. But I understand the confusion with him and Lakeith regarding who is the lead and who's in what category. So that could have like a little bump in his road to an Oscar nomination. But I think he's a sure thing. Leslie Odom Jr. is a sure thing. And I think there's way too much behind Sasha Baron Cohen for uh, Trial of Chicago 7 right now for him not to get a nomination. So I've got uh, three of them. Definitely have those three. Leslie, Daniel, and Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, in terms of not four, Chadwick. You don't think Chadwick's a lot, either of you. He is on my five, actually. Yeah, he's on five. mine, too. He's actually uh, not on mine. Wow. I think he's still on the bubble. But I feel like, again, as nominations have started to roll in, that is less of a sure thing. Whereas, I mean, still in my mind, it's a no-brainer that he's getting and he's winning the Best Actor Award. Wow. Okay, okay. Like I'll, I'll lock that in and make that prediction right now. He is going all the way in that category. Yeah, yeah, well, well, okay. Uh, Paul Racy. Paul Racy, I have at four and I have Sasha at five. Um, I just, I do feel like the Delroy Lindo effect will, will also sort of, happened to Paul Racy, where we're all sort of talking about the snub. Uh, I just want to believe in quality rising to the top. Sasha, I still think, has a lot of competition from his co-stars. I mean, yes, he has the Borat 2, like, extra little bump, but Mark Rylance was terrific in that movie, and, and so were others. So I, I just don't know how it's so cut and dry. I think it's because of the Borat bump that Sasha Baron Cohen gets, uh, makes the cut for supporting actor in Chicago 7. Uh, Perry... Well, is Paul Rassi on your list? Paul Rassi's my number five. I'm sad to tell you what my number four is. What's number four? There's something happening here. I'm I'm very afraid that Jared Leto is going to get an Academy Award nomination for this. And, you know, like, I, I'll take back that phrasing. I, I would be happy for him. Again, I think he did what he needed to do in that movie, but it would be disappointing to me that he would get that spot over, let's say, my dark horse, Stanley Tucci for Supernova. All right, Jeff, what's your dark horse? It was also Stanley Tucci for Supernova. So so Perry and I have really lined up on the dark horses. Uh, that, that's like the definition of a dark horse. That is a great dark horse, I have to say. And, and it's absolutely worthy. And... I would say Stanley Tucci over Chadwick Boseman for supporting actor. I mean, by the way, it, there we forgot to mention we were talking about the SAG Awards. You know, Chadwick Boseman was nominated four times, you know, for lead actor, supporting actor, and for the acting ensembles of The Five Bloods 
and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, that could bode well for his chances to get a supporting actor nomination for The Five Bloods. But there could be, you know, there's always a good surprise at the Academy Awards. And that surprise could be a well-deserved nomination for Stanley Tucci in Supernova. My dark horse is Orion Lee from First Cow. Oh, okay. Now, great movie, amazing film. It's A24, and A24 is riding a great wave right now because of uh, Minari. Uh, I thought that movie was was wonderful. And I think that Ryan Lee is absolutely worthy of a nomination for First Cow. I mean, he was fantastic. Four are Sasha Baron Cohen, Daniel Kaluuya, Leslie Odom Jr., Paul Rassi. Okay, so those are the four. Who's number five? Chadwick Boseman? Is it Jared Leto? Or is it Stanley Tucci? What do you think? On my list, it's Jared Leto right now, but I also could definitely see Chadwick Boseman taking the spot. I got to go Chadwick Boseman here. I, and I do think that some of the Leto backlash over the last week of awards may play a part in that. Okay, here's the thing. The nominations are what, March 15th? So it's it's the middle of February as we do this. Right. and. And there's still movies that are coming out in terms of whether they're dropping on demand, dropping on Netflix, Amazon, or Hulu, or opening in theaters for the five people who can actually go to a movie theater. I, I don't think that uh, I don't think Jared Leto makes the cut, especially because there is a backlash. I agree that Chadwick Boseman has the better the better chance here. I'm going with Chadwick on this one. Would love to see O'Ryan Lee get nominated, but I think our five are indeed. Sasha Baron Cohen, Daniel Kaluuya, Leslie Odom Jr., Paul Rassi, and Chadwick Boseman for supporting actor. Feel yes. good about that. Then there you have it. Those are our predictions as of now for the acting categories at the Academy Awards. Now, we are going to revisit them, and we have the option and the freedom to change our minds as award season continues to roll on. And that brings us to the end of our Season 3, Episode 1 of Collider FYC. We will be back week after week leading up to the Academy Awards. Before we move on, Perry, where can people follow you? Where else can we see Perry Normal activity? You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at PNemeroff. And because I've already shouted... Dominique Fishback's name to all of you time and time again through that conversation. Keep an eye out for an episode of Ladies Night with her dropping on the channel very, very soon. And Jeff. At the Insnyder on Twitter, Instagram, Cameo, and uh, Snyder Cup Podcast on Thursdays. There you go. Okay, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at MovieMance. And be sure to check out my YouTube channel at ScottMance. Uh, I've been doing a lot of great film content for the last year or so to to save my sanity during this pandemic, and it's been a lot of fun. So please subscribe to my YouTube channel, Scott Mance, and please be sure to like this video for Collider FYC. Please share this video with all movie fans, with all award season fans. Make sure you comment below and let us know what you think of these nominations, what you think of our choices, and what you just think of Collider FYC coming back for season three. We will be back next time. Until then, FY, see you later.